This podcast is made possible by the generous contributions from listeners just like you. If you have the means and you'd like to contribute, click on the link in the show description to go to my supporter page. Once you're there, it's completely up to you how much you'd like to give. There's no minimum and no maximum and no ongoing charges. Enjoy this episode and thanks for listening to The Saturday Quiz. Thanks for joining me. My name's John Leary and this is The Saturday Quiz. As always, I'm here to ask the questions from The Saturday Paper and my guests are going to try and answer them. This weekend in Sydney, the Festival of Dangerous Ideas returns to Carriage Works for the first time since 2019. So, joining me today are two people fully equipped to explore ideas that are dangerous and or festive, given that one of them is the executive director and the other a senior philosopher at the Ethics Centre, which is presenting the festival. Welcome to the show, Dr Simon Longstaff and Dr Tim Dean. G'day, how are you? Nice to be with you. I'm very well. Thank you both for joining me. Yeah, great to be here. Excellent. Now... You're both appearing at the Festival of Dangerous Ideas at what is called Circle of Chairs. Can you tell me a little bit about what that's about? I guess I should. It's something I started, uh, what, 31 years ago or something like that. I'd just come back Uh from Cambridge University where I'd been doing my postgraduate studies and had fallen in love with the idea of philosophy being practised as it used to be in what the ancient Greeks called the Agora or public square. And so I decided to set up 10 plastic chairs in a circle in Martin Place in the centre of Sydney every fortnight with two cardboard signs on the footpath saying, if you want to talk to a philosopher about ideas, take a seat. Wow. And I did that rain and shine for years and then eventually got priced (laughs) out by commercial activities that took up the civic space. I couldn't get other philosophers to do it when I started it, despite my best efforts. But now we've got brave souls like Tim Dean here and a few others. So we're bringing it back to Fody and see how we go. Excellent. Wow. And what sort of things get chatted about when you're sitting around in your chairs? Well, for me, I'll I'll go to Tim in a moment because he's got got fresh ideas. But for me, when I was first doing it, look, it was everything from people who, I remember one woman brought her mother who'd come from England and spent 40 years feeling guilty because she no longer believed in God. Uh, Mm -hmm. I had some uh, high school students who were wondering about whether it would be all right to cheat in their final year examinations. Pretty much anything that anybody wanted to talk about, often driven by topical affairs, people would just there and we'd sit there and we'd chat about it. Now, how about wow. you, Tim? I mean, what have you got up your sleeve? Yeah, look, I mean, I find spaces like this um, to be amazing. I've always believed that philosophy is best done in conversation. So, I mean, you get the picture of the either the toga wearer or the armchair philosopher doing all their work you know, just reading a book or reflecting or, you know, pondering into space. But really it's in conversation that this stuff comes out. And when I've had these kinds of conversations and you create the right kind of space, you find that people have these incredible ideas. They've got these deep thoughts. They've got controversial views that they're uncomfortable expressing around their friends. They've got questions and reservations and they've got dilemmas. And they don't necessarily have a platform to talk about them in everyday life. We talk a lot about safe spaces these days Mm -hmm. and uh, these kinds of safe spaces I call safe from spaces. That's where you're safe from trauma. You're safe from exposure to things that might be threatening or concerning or triggering. They're really important. 
But there's another kind of safe space that, that Simon was creating when he, when he made that circle of chairs, which is a safe to space. It's where you're safe to open up. You're safe to share views that might not be accepted. And you need special kind of rules for how to have those conversations because it's easy to be offended or it's easy for people to say something that, that might be too controversial in, in other kinds of environments. But when you do it well... All this stuff comes to the surface and it can be a great relief. It can help people think through their ideas. It can help people find a better course for their lives and, you know, what kind of work they want to do, what kind of relationships they want to have. It can be really transformational. Yeah. Wow. Fantastic. That, uh, uh, that sounds incredible. Now, the other question that I've been asking my guests this season is what is your favourite piece of trivia? Do either of you have a favourite piece of trivia, do you think? Oh, yeah, I do. I've got a long list. Simon, oh, why don't Simon, you start? Straight out, yeah. Well, it's, it's only because it's sort of philosophically wonky stuff, but <laughs> <laughs> it's just that the ancient Greek for beauty was also the ancient Greek word for honour. And the ancient Greek word for ugliness, aishron, was the same word they used for shame. And oh, wow. it really came to mind. I was at a talk being given by Umberto Eco, Goodness. and he was saying that the difference between the modern world and the ancient world is that the modern, the ancient world had heroes, and we just have celebrities. Mm-hmm. By which he said it's all skin deep, it's glittering surfaces. And it brought back that bit of trivia, which I'd picked up somewhere about how the ancient world, even in their language, saw beauty and honour as being this whole thing. So you you had to be more than skin deep to really count. Mm. Many people say, well, so what? But it's just stuck in my mind. Yeah. Brilliant. Wow. What about you, Tim? Do you have something trivial? I don't know if mine is, is quite as quite as profound as Simon's. That's but, all right. Um, uh, the le- uh, less profound, the better, I reckon. <laughs> Look, one of my favourite pieces of trivia is the atmosphere of Jupiter smells like garlic. Really? Wow. Yeah. How... What? Which, which you know, even that we know that is a triumph. Even do, that we know no, that is a no triumph. Vampires, that no happen? vampires on Jupiter. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Do you know how, what causes that? What? Uh, no, I don't. I, so I mean, the, they, the chemical they, makeup of they the They look atmosphere. at the atmosphere. Yeah, they can determine what um, what chemicals are, what, you know, molecules are in the atmosphere just by looking at the wavelengths of light. And, they, and some scientists kind of said, oh, okay, there's a bit of this, bit of this, bit of this. I wonder what that looks like. Mix it up together. We're like, okay, that smells like garlic. Wow. Wow, bonkers. That's crazy. I've got, I've got to give trivia points to Tim. That is actually a pretty spectacular. <laughs> that is a really good, good bit one. of trivia. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we have to take a quick little break. We'll be right back. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. You're listening to the Saturday Quiz. I'm joined today by Simon Longstaff and Tim Dean. And we're going to start with question number one. Here we go. Question number one. How many prime ministers of Britain served during the reign of Queen Elizabeth II? It's a multiple choice. Do you need the multiple choice? No. No? Do, do you know? <laughs> I do. I need, the, I need the multiple choice. 15. Wow. You straight out with it. That is incredible. What is that just because you... I just count them at night before I go to sleep. The other day? 
<laughs> Some people count sheep, I count former British Prime Ministers. Well, there, there is also a bonus point for naming the first and last of her The run. first was Sir Winston Churchill yeah. and the last was Liz Truss. Just the other yeah. day. Very well done. And there's also another bonus question for naming right. the year of the Queen's Annus Horribilis. Oh, do you remember um, that? Ninety-two. Oh, you're bang on! My oh, goodness, really? Yeah. Oh. Which was, of course, her what jubilee? Diamond. No, you're. Oh. No, you've bombed oh. out. Oh, you're, what was it? You're going so oh. well. Oh, thanks, folks. Well, it's been fun. <laughs> what was it then? Gold or? No, it was her ruby jubilee. Oh right. Yeah. So it was her fortieth, uh, the the fortieth year of her reign. Wow, oh, who um, has ruby jubilees, really? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know why it was a it was an her annus horribilis? I think, as I remember it, it was coinciding with it. Was it not with the? Was did Diana die then? No, the, no, she was oh, later. She, oh, no. oh, was it? Must have been the Irish killing. Or was it the divorce? Yeah, of it was. Charles uh, it was a bunch of things. I mean, it, yeah, it was well, clearly the, um, the separation of Prince Andrew and. Sarah, Duchess of right. York, uh-huh. and there were, you know, photographs published uh, of an affair between Sarah and a, a Texan oil millionaire. There was also the divorce of Anne from Captain Mark Phillips and various other things, you know, publications of Princess Diana's tell-all book and things like that. So, yeah, it was a pretty, it was a pretty bad year. Right. Mm. Pretty horribilis, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. All right, very well done. You you smashed through the actual questions. So, yeah, nailed that one. Well, well wait wait till we get to sport. Yeah, well, sport <laughs> is the very next question. So, oh, here fantastic. we go. Question number 2. Australian Jess Fox this month won a fourth straight World Cup title in which sport? Eerie silence from the philosophers. <laughs> um <laughs> Not uh, not Jess keeping up with your Fox, a, a World Cup, you say that that is what how, I said. Yeah. How many World Cups are there? Well, I think there's World Cups in just about every it, sport. Is, cup sounds like a team sport. Is it? Yes, it, it is not a uh, not a team sport. Okay, the, I, I mean, I'm going to try something that Australians win lots in, which we don't think much about squash. Squash is incorrect. Okay. But I like, you know, I like, I like your, your yeah, thinking. Yeah, I like that thinking, it. Simon. I, I'm going to say surfing. Oh, actually, Tim, you're slightly closer. I mean, you no, you're probably a, a lot way closer. Slightly less far away. <laughs> slightly <laughs> less far away. Well, it's involving water, In that, at least. It does involve water. Okay. water. Okay. Yes. Water. Oh, um, it'd be K-something K- Salem canoeing. You, is it? You, you, is it like the... K- no, you, you bang yes, on. K class? It's not canoeing, but it is kayaking. Yes, kayaking. the K-class. The K-class. Yeah, and I remember now her name because she did extremely well in the Olympics. Um, she, yeah. And her dad, I think, might be her coach. And there's extraordinary things about how... I remember watching her yeah. go through and these really difficult things where you go down backwards and you have to... Pivot yeah, right. and not touch any of these rods hanging down. There are mm-hmm. whirlpools and things. Unless I'm just totally getting completely <laughs> wrong. No, I th- I think you you are describing exactly the correct p- person. She's actually a French-born Australian, 
and her parents, Richard Fox and Miriam Fox Giraselmi. They're also champions. Yeah, they both competed yeah. as canoeists at the Olympics. Her father for Great Britain at the 1992 Olympics and her mother at the 96 Games. Amazing. Uh, for France, she, she competed for. But yeah, in 2012, Fox, Jess Fox, was selected to represent Australia for the first time at the Olympics in the women's K1 event where she won the silver medal at the age of 18. And that result has been described as competitive revenge against the 44-year-old Czech paddler Stepanka Hilgatova, who had beaten Fox's mother to the K1 gold medal 16 years earlier at the Atlanta 96 Summer Olympics. That's serious grudge. Isn't it? (laughs) Intergenerational. Yeah. Very well done. You got there. Yeah, great. In the end. Good. Okay, question number three. In education, what does the acronym NAPLAN stand for? NAPLAN results Uh, just came out. Um, National. You're very good. Okay, the... LAN will be Literacy and Numeracy. They are. National Applied Literacy and Numeracy. Numeracy. No, you're squashing together the the A and the P. It's the A and the P, so we have to work out the A and the P. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So, yes, you have National and Literacy and And Numeracy. National. So, I need an A and a P. Aggregate. Oh, I like Ooh, that. Oh, aggregate's a good a good word. It's incorrect, but it's, wrong. But it's oh. uh, yeah. It's no. We can all agree it's a great word, though. <laughs> it is a great word. Uh, what can you tell me? What NAPLAN is broadly? Well, it's, well, this, it's, it's uh, my understanding is it's the kind of benchmark test. It's not necessarily a test of performance, but a test of kind of seeing where students are, yeah. literacy and numeracy, such that funding and resources can be directed to where it's needed most, yeah. ostensibly, and I don't know much what more about that. What is maybe works. another word for test in, uh, that starts assessment. with A? National assessment. Uh, like National like assessment. Like yeah. Program. program. National assessment program literacy, literacy and numeracy and is what NAPLAN course. stands for. Very we well done. in the end. Yeah. We may not have passed NAPLAN, but we... (laughs) No, teamwork. I think uh, had NAPLAN been, you know, going when you guys were at school, I'm assuming that you would have done fairly well. Oh, I don't know. Was it? How was your numeracy? I'm I'm assuming, making assumptions that your literacy was... I'm terrible at maths and I still can't spell. (laughs) Oh, well, maybe you would have bombed. I I remember having to do... um, I think it was called SRA. It was these colour-coded spelling and reading and comprehension kits that you had in primary school. And mm-hmm. you, you worked up through the colours until you got to to purple. And I still remember having to go up to a primary school teacher and asking what it meant for someone to be stingy because I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to work out all these people with sharp claws or something. <laughs> And once, once I explained the concept of stingy, I was okay. Yeah. Um, well, that's good. That's, yeah. yeah. And then we had little blocks too, I think, you know, Cuisinaire blocks, which were, you know, there was all sorts of colours. So it was a kind yeah. of competitive thing. Maths, uh, I actually got to like maths a lot better after I didn't have to do it. Oh, yeah. It's funny that. Yeah, and started to really find it fascinating looking at some of the things and books like Girdle, Escher and Bach and the whole yeah. notion. I mean, of- the, the concepts in mathematics are, are fascinating. The philosophy of mathematics is fascinating. Yeah. Arithmetic is hard. Mm. That's the bit that I'm bad at. 
Yeah. Just actually doing the numbers and the, you know. And the mathematicians are really tricky too because they only get it to work by doing things which are impossible, like having negative numbers. Oh, you know? imaginary numbers. Imagine, and, exactly, imaginary numbers. And the yeah. theory of limits. What, one thing that perpetually irritates me is that one ninth is 0.1 repeater, nine ninths is 0.9 repeater, and yet nine ninths is also one. So I don't know, mathematicians. Yeah. Explain that. Riddle me that, right? I have asked many a mathematician about that, and they're like, no, it's obviously. Oh, and they, and they show brush me all off, these they proofs. Brush off they show these numbers. proofs. And I'm doing inverted commas here. <laughs> these proofs showing that it's true. And I'm Gosh. like, no, 0.9 repeater is the next number smaller than one. And they're just like, no, you're wrong. And wow. here we are. No, you see, I, you've lost me entirely. I, I don't even know what you're talking about. Right <laughs> all, all we have to agree is that they expect us to take them seriously and look at what they do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. We've, we got NAPLAN. That was very good. We're up to question number four. The flag of which country is the only one to prominently incorporate an actual identifiable building into its design? Mm. So which nation has a building that you can recognise exactly what it is on their flag? Building's broad. Building is broad. Could, this could is be a pyramid. Could I'm be thinking a... about flags. Yeah. It's not India because they've got the wheel, I think. Mm. They do have. They've got a, a uh, spinning wheel. Spinning mm. wheel. Um, is it somewhere in the Middle East? It's not in the Middle East, No. It's it's in the it's, it's in not, Southeast Asia. Well, it's not Malaysia. I know that. I'm pretty sure it's not Vietnam. The, the building was a, oh, Cambodia. It is Cambodia. Oh yes, yeah. good. I'm yes. thinking about Cambodia. Yeah, I'm yes. thinking about the pagoda on it. Yes. Yeah. But do you know what the what that building is? Uh, no. I'm suspect what it could be called? something to do with. No, I don't. The golden. No, I'd just be making it up. I know no. it's a pagoda. <laughs> yeah, it's a temple complex. It's actually the biggest religious monument in the world. Oh, it's Angkor Wat then. It is Angkor Wat. Oh, it's Angkor Wat. Yeah. Right. Okay. yeah, I think you got me tricked with when you said the specific pagoda's name. If you'd oh, said, right. <laughs> yeah, I could have given you a kind of a general area like Angkor Wat, but mm. well, actually, yeah, because well, a Wat is another word for a temple. Ah, uh, the, well, right. there you go. Yeah, it was originally. Constructed as a Hindu temple, but it, over the years it gradually transformed into a Buddhist temple. Well, um, the Hindu the- empire was huge. It flowed yeah. all the way down through into Indonesia, which is why you still see its remnants in Bali. Yeah. And it was only displaced later by Islam when it came in. That's right. Yeah. See, we're adding, we're adding trivia. Yes, to, no, that's, that's what this questions. podcast is all about. It's, so it's a value-add exercise. <laughs> very well done. Yes, and. <laughs> yeah, so it great. now gets described as a Hindu-Buddhist mm. temple, does Angkor Wat, which is on the flag of Cambodia. Very well done. All right, question number five. Hold Me Closer is a dance track collaboration between which two singers? Elton John and Britney Spears. <laughs> well, that Simon, was, you surprised me. He, he was just—he you were ready to go with that. <laughs> that is amazing. I'm impressed. No, I'm a huge fan of Elton John, and I was Are you? reading. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I went and actually saw one of his last last concerts uh-huh. um, in Sydney. Um, no, brilliant guy and incredibly musician. But that aside, uh, no, I was going through the Herald the other day, and there was a picture of. Britney Spears in a red dress or something with Elton John, and there it was. And yeah. so, yep, yeah, nice. There you go. So I noticed it. Closer. Excellent. Yeah. Nice Do you one. know how it goes? Can you hum me a, hum me a few bars? I haven't got a clue. 
<laughs> and I'm not even to. sure I all these protestations they were both making about how much they love each other and great voice and I, I just I don't know I haven't heard careful it careful what you I'm say not, yeah exactly that's right yeah I'm going to wait out all the Britney Look, it's fans not, the I mean no, I, I had a little listen before and it's oh, not what's the it like? greatest tra- track I wouldn't say like oh do you do you know where it it takes its title from no Hold Me Closer is a lyric in another Elton John Song. Oh, Tiny Dancer. Tiny Dancer. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Oh, so that, it that... sort of plays on that. It sort of riffs on similar lyrics and things like that. The, his most famous duet, I think, is with um, Kiki D. Oh, the Don't Go Breaking My Heart. Yeah. Is that one? That one? Yeah, that's yeah. it. Did Johnny, you can serve up the trivia as well <laughs> as anyway, can't you? <laughs> yeah, I do okay. I do okay. All right, we're going to take another little break. We'll be right back. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. You're listening to the Saturday Quiz. I'm joined today by Simon Longstaff and Tim Dean. We're up to question number six. What? And here we go. Here's the the maths question that you were fearing before, Tim. (sighs) But I think you'll be all right. I'm pretty sure you'll be all right with this one. Question number six. What is the square root of 121? 121? Uh, It's 11, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. See? You know what you're doing. I I could not tell you how I know that. (laughs) But just the, the no, because if you're you, um, times table, yeah, but I, there are gaps. There are gaps in my times tables. <laughs> I mean, eleven. Let's be honest. Eleven's the easiest up to a hundred, mm. um, up to ninety nine. Up to ninety nine. Eleven's just like yep. Yeah, yeah. After that, you know, I don't always get it right. So I'm, I'm, I'm pleased with myself. Well, I'm pleased with you too, <laughs> because I agree. I I keep telling my son. I have an eight year old son, and when I was doing his homeschooling or his distance learning. During the the twenty twenty one the years. great lockdown, mm. yeah, I was taking him through his times tables, and yeah, I would say eleven. They're they're so easy. They're the easiest ones. Yeah. I also like my. I I think my kind of favourites are the nine times tables, mm. because of the situation where if you add the everything adds the up to nine digits together, they add up to nine. Yeah. I, and, and have you seen the, the thing that you do? If you I know, but I can't work that out. You that, move yeah. your fingers and you can figure out. Yeah. So like you, you put the one, two, three, four fingers and then you've got 36. 36, and, yeah. Which is, yeah. yeah. That is um, a good way of doing kind of, it as well. Yeah. But. It's not the best trivia that you're going to hear today, but... Because it relies more. on a visualisation. Particularly as people can see plate. your yeah, excellent right. finger work. So, yeah, yeah, not great on a podcast, <laughs> but good. All right, question number seven. Which Shakespeare play features the line, but soft, what light through yonder window breaks? Oh, well, um, I think we both got that one, Simon. You go. I'll let you have it. No, no. Oh, is, is that one Romeo and Juliet? It is Romeo and Juliet. Do you know who sa- which one of them says it? That would be Juliet, I believe. Uh, no. Just before, oh no, you're right. It's Romeo. Just before it's, when they're about to do the little balcony scene. Exactly. Yeah. It leads up. No, to you're right. The it is Romeo. Balcony scene. Yeah. And she's about to say what? What is the other classic line that she's about to say? Romeo, 
What is mm-hmm. it? What is right. it? Romeo, Romeo, we're for out there. Yeah, Romeo. Is it that one? Yeah, exactly. It's exactly right. that because he's down yeah. there in the shadows and <laughs> yeah. she's up there on the Brilliant. balcony. Mm-hmm. How, have either of you um, given your Romeo at, at the school play or anything like that? <laughs> no. I, we never did a Shakespeare at school. No? Oh, we did it, but we did Gloria things like King Lear, who I really love, um, and, mm. and the Scottish play. Again, yes. full of lots of gore and things yeah. like that. Um, plus, I have to confess, I was never going to be a Romeo in anything. I was, <laughs> I, I was going to be a page boy or... <laughs> Eggs you went left or whatever else they do. <laughs> yeah, and I was probably going to be a stagehand, so, you know. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. All right. Very well done. Question number eight. Polly Borland and Robert Maplethorpe are famous in which field of the arts? Photography. Photography is the right answer, yeah. yeah. Amazing. Do you know which name gave that away for you? Mainly Maplethorpe. Simon? Because he's yeah uh, Robert Maplethorpe yeah yeah he's a very famous photographer uh, and I hadn't I don't know Polly Borland's work but I do I have seen Maplethorpe's over the years yeah so yeah so Robert Maplethorpe was an American photographer mm-hmm. who worked mainly in black and white and you know often did quite uh, risque explicit yeah risque yeah. photography and Polly Borland is an Australian who uh, lived in England for a long time, but is now based in Los Angeles. And she has a very famous portrait of the Queen, of Queen Elizabeth II, which is, I want to say that it was taken in around 2002 or or somewhere around there. You might know it, you might recognise it. It's a very close portrait just of the, the Queen's face. And it's very front on and quite, kind of brightly lit and it it looks entirely different to any other portrait of the queen that that I've ever seen it just makes her look like a, a sort of little old lady it's mm. yeah mm. yeah oh, amazing mm. check that out yeah polly Borland. all right question number 9 who is the roman god of the underworld it is oh pluto pluto is the right answer yeah bang on yeah Mm-hmm. Did you know that, Tim, or you you were just uh, I, I, letting I was thinking, Simon take no, the glory? I was, yeah, no, no, I knew that. Of course, I knew that. But I thought I'd <laughs> give one to Simon. No, I can't. I can always get my Greek and my Roman gods mis- mixed up, and I would have yeah. said Hades or something, and I would have just been embarrassing. I still would have been wrong. Yeah, you would have been wrong. <laughs> I would have got you to Pluto eventually, but yeah, yeah. Poor old Pluto, uh, demoted from being a planet. Mm-hmm. No, but then no, reinstated. Oh, has he been and reinstated then, as a planet? You know, they chop and change. What is it, the International Union yeah, the, of Astronomy the, the or something? International Astro- Astronomical Union. Well, yeah. you see, the problem with that, right, is if you let Pluto in, then you've got to let in another couple of hundred riffraff, small dwarf planety things. Yeah. And, it just beca- and then, you know, people complain about if you take Pluto off the planets, all those table mats that kids get at exactly. restaurants that have the planets. Yeah. And, <laughs> like and I'm like, yeah, yeah, but now, if you if you put Pluto back on, you've got to add about another few hundred of these other little ones on yeah. there as well. So I mean, AI yeah, you couldn't, in a bind. couldn't he be there as a kind of first amongst equals, like they elected what? him or something to be the representative yeah. 
not quite big enough to be a real planet, but not so small Why to be not? ignored. We see this is this, and this is where you get into those meaty d- debates about whether science is objective, whether it's socially constructed, and if it is constructed, you can arbitrarily draw a line about what's a planet and a dwarf planet. And if you can arbitrarily draw the line, why not kind of say that if it's been on a table map for thirty years or sixty years, then you you know that's the line that we're drawing. Yeah. yeah. It goes to your point though about projections too, because the only reason Pluto got on there is because they could see it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you know, that's and true. And so they said, oh, yeah. well, we better include it. That and must of course, be a planet then. somebody got to become famous for finding it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Lomborg? Uh, uh, Lomborg was his name? I can't, I can't remember his name. Well, I, I, I don't oh. actually know. That's, that could have been a good trivia question. question. For next yeah. week, there, there you go. Yeah, yeah. There you go. All right. Well, that brings us to the final question. Are you ready? <laughs> it's, it's a, Drum roll. Yeah, it's a 50-50, this one. True or false? Question number 10. True or false? Sharks can only survive in salt water. Sharks can only survive in salt water. Hmm. I know they can only survive if they are swimming. They need to have a current through their gills. I also know they're made of cartilage, not bone. I'm going to say true. Other trivia? I'm going to say true. Salt water. Um, Simon's gone true. I'm going to say false. Oh, good. Well, I'm lucky that you did, Tim, because it is false. Oh. Yeah. Phew. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't know. I mean, so we, I could stick one in my swimming pool. I don't have a swimming pool. If, if I had a swimming want, pool, I could stick one in. If you want there. to, you can. Sure, but yeah, there there are um, freshwater sharks. So the world just got fifty percent more dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> All the people are without thinking in freshwater rivers. No sharks yeah. here. Well, just no, yes, there's dun, dun, there's dun, river dun, sharks dun. and sharks in lakes. <sighs> So, yeah. yeah well, uh, I suppose, yeah. I mean, I suppose millions of years of evolution. So. I suppose they mm. would have gone everywhere. Yeah, they figured it out. They, they, yeah. they have figured it out pretty, Sewers, pretty well. Swimming pool. I, uh, there won't be one coming out of your toilet anytime soon. <laughs> Unless there's very small so. sharks yeah. we haven't discovered yet. Well, yes. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, a very Maybe. small shark dwarf, is just a fish, shark. isn't it? Still, With big teeth. Tell a shark then. Yeah. It's because I'm not <laughs> just a fish, I'm a shark. <laughs> 365-day returns. Simon Longstaff, Tim Dean, thank you both so much for joining me to do the quiz. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. My goodness, he breezed through. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. But um, it was. It was fun. You, you can certainly see the weaknesses of a philosophical education, particularly around the areas of sport. But then, and then again, Simon, you pulled that one out with the. You uh, did, yeah. The kayaking question that was. Yeah, quite you amazing. even had you know bonus bonus material yeah. for for that question. Yeah, that, well, that just goes to show that uh, age has its benefits. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just accumulate lots of junk. Yeah, no, no disrespect to any of those things I was talking about. <laughs> or trivia in general. Oh, trivia, trivia. really good. No, no. Yeah, we love trivia. And the festival of dangerous ideas is on right now, the Saturday and Sunday, the seventeenth uh, and eighteenth. Yep. And people can come to the carriage works. There are tickets there. There's space. There's food. There's original art. There's an incredible opportunity if you want it to put your arm through a hole 
uh, we've got a guy called Scott Campbell who's one of the world's great tattooists and he's doing a thing where you put your arm or your leg through a hole, you don't talk to him, he doesn't talk to you and he tattoos your arm and you don't know what it is and it comes out and then it's revealed later on and you might have what is one of the most brilliant tattoos the world's ever seen. Oh, my goodness. Genuinely That's dangerous. Extraordinary. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Who came up with that dangerous idea? Scott that's, Campbell. Uh, <laughs> that's brilliant. We've been trying to get him for years. Wow. Oh, gosh. Uh, uh, yeah. See, I'm challenged by that. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know how I no, You don't have to do that, that by that's... the way. You can come down no. and you can just go <laughs> hear a talk or look at the art and, or enjoy yeah, the brilliant. food. But if you're really and, wanting something on the edge, there you go. And my listeners can see and hear both of you at the uh, Circle of Chairs, which is on all throughout Saturday and Sunday. So yeah. 12 15, 2 15, and 4 15 on Saturday, and 11 15, 1 15, and 3 15 on Sunday. And it's not just us, there's other much better philosophers. <laughs> we've got great, yeah, we've got a really great crew. Yeah. But we, I mean, we'd love to, the, the, it's so good. People turn up, there's no set agenda. We start talking, um, we open up. It's always going to be amazing to see where it goes. I'm really looking forward to it. Wow. Well, I'm so disappointed that I that I won't be able to share in that experience. It sounds Maybe amazing. Down the track. Yeah. Okay. All right, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you both so much for doing the quiz. Thanks, Johnny. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Pleasure. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Saturday Quiz. I hope you enjoyed it. If you're a first-time listener, you are in luck because there are 100 previous episodes for you to go back and enjoy. Thank you to this week's fabulous guests, Dr. Simon Longstaff and Dr. Tim Dean. I discovered that Tim's bit of trivia about Jupiter smelling like garlic is because of the abundance of phosphine in the planet's atmosphere, which can alternatively smell like rotting fish. So I'd hold your breath if you're ever on Jupiter. As always, a very special thank you to Cindy McDonald for writing the quiz. My name's John Leary, and I'll have more questions for you same time next week.